The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. And welcome once again, folks, to another edition of a fully caught up, finally, Wrestling Unwrapped here on the W2M Network. I am your host, as always, Patrick Hetza, and joining me, also as always, Mr. Harry Broadhurst. Okay, caught up on the posted reviews. The written ones, well, not so much. <laughs> Listen, take what you Working can get. <laughs> Work in progress, people, we promise. Said we'd be caught up by the end of the week with all of the episodes that weren't up on the website. We're caught up. Go us, go us. Okay, I'm done. Then again, you know, the the backup is warranted considering that the man in charge of backing everything up and getting everything onto the website right now, because I haven't been able to quite yet, is, you know, kind of involved in a Category 4 hurricane. So, Sean in Florida, hope you guys are doing well. Be careful out there and stay safe, please. Yeah, normally I'd have something smarmy or sarcastic to say here, but I echo Patrick's sentiments. Uh, best wishes to all of our listeners down there, and especially to the W2M boss man. Hopefully everything works out well. Indeed. And speaking of working things out well, or that, things working out well, Harry, you wanted something nice and easy, so compared to the... 14-match show we did last time, you get a show with only six matches. So, everything worked out. I I think we should tell people who's bringing us to them first before we get to it. Well, I I was going to get to that. You know, before we really went anywhere. As always... Wrestling Unwrapped is a presentation of the W2M Network. For more information, be sure to check out not only anywhere you can find podcasts like iTunes and Stitcher and Spreaker and Blueberry and Blog Talk Radio and just about anywhere else you can think of, but also especially at W2Mnet.com. And as well, we are presented... On 411mania.com, Twitter on sports, and last word on prowrestling.com. Happy? Very much so. I'm also trying to see if our, uh, I'm also trying to see if our, uh, college football ratings made it up as well over on the website. Because I was involved with helping to create the first W2M Top 25 of the season last week, but unfortunately Mother Nature decided to intervene in our plans of getting it posted. And it will probably still be more reliable than the USA Today. Yeah, unfortunately not a football show, so no reason to discuss that any further here. Although if you do want to hear me talk football, you can listen to me doing so on the kickoff Wednesdays here on the W2M Network. Indeed. So, cheek plug. <clears throat> of course. <laughs> Holy, well, not quite. So, <laughs> we've got kind of a weird one tonight. 
in the fact that we really don't have a wrestling show. We've got a variety show. It's it's vaudeville. It's vaudeville come to life again in 2016. Yeah, and I think the owner of this particular company could qualify as the street tough. Mm. Well, he is P- past Blue Ribbon's favorite wrestler. I mean, hell, he's sponsored by them. So hence, we hence the reference. I, I'm um, I, I'm 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 aware. I'm aware. Okay, go. What people may not be aware of, though, is that tonight we will be covering First Wrestling's WrestlePolu 8 from First the nightclub in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the house that Prince built. And just even before we even get started with this, yeah, this this was this was kind of a weird because on the entire show. There's only six matches, but the DVD is two and a half hours because there's also two burlesque dancers and two performances by a local band called The Copyrights. Yeah, this is a weird one. Well, I mean, if you're into punk, if you're into punk rock, this is the show for you. No, 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 no. He, he moved to Milwaukee and is out of wrestling. Oh, punk no. rock. Punk rock. Sorry. Punk. Not. Wow. Gary, do you have the results? I kind of I, I kind of want to Mikey goal you right about now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Gary, do you have the results? Yeah, I'm good to go. And as always, here's Harry with the results for Russellpalooza 8. Before I officially choke Patrick out over the air on here on Skype as you're listening to us, be, it is be, indeed... Via the Anaconda Vice? Via the Anaconda Vice? Uh, no, it, I, I think it'll actually be a rear-mounted choke. Again, Mickey Gall style. All right, moving on. Um, this is Russellpalooza 8. June 18th, 2016. This date actually holds a very strong place of importance for me. This was me and my girlfriend's first date. So I saw the date on the show and I kind of smiled. I can't lie. This is First Wrestling, who I will admit to not having a whole lot of. This is only the third First Wrestling show I have ever watched. And the first two were part of the same show. Any guesses? Uh, no, I can't say I do. The 2008 Sweet 16 tournament won by Lince Dorado. Wow, very nice. Indeed. So we move on. As I said, June 18, 2016, Patrick mentioned it is at the First Avenue Nightclub in downtown Minneapolis, Minnesota. This is Russellpalooza from a jam-packed standing room-only building, and this crowd was hot. Uh, I mean, literally. They had more ways than one. (laughs) They had too many people jammed in this building. Quit stepping on my jokes, Ketza. No. Yes. Anyway. All right, here we go. Our opening contest is a four-way match that sees Cody Rice win said four-way, pinning Officer Rob Justice with what I believe to be a big ending. At least that's what it looked like to me. 
I mean, I don't know if it has. I'll take that. I'll take that. I mean, I I don't know if it has a name, but it, it, it was a big ending. All right, we move on. The sponsored by Paps Blue Ribbon, Eric Cannon, <clears throat> owner of the company. <clears throat> Sorry. Frog in my throat. I'm good. Mm. Defeats sexy Chucky e. T. Chuck Taylor at 11 minutes and 43 seconds with Total Anarchy. For those of you unaware, Total Anarchy is a rope hung swinging neckbreaker. I beg your pardon first. What did you call Chuck Taylor? I call Chuck Taylor Sexy Chucky e. T. How dare you? He is the Kentucky Gentleman. Get it right. Um, he was also referred to as Sexy Chucky e. T by Dave Prezak. His name is the Kentucky Gentleman Chuck Taylor. Get it right. Anyway, a triple animal battle for the Shikara Young Lions Cup champion, ironically none of them Lions, sees... Super Thunder Frog. Well, well, I mean, one's one's kind of a cat, but I think he's more of like a tiger than a lion. Anyways, sees the Super Thunder Frog, the artist formerly known as the Estonian Thunder Frog, win a triple threat to retain the title, pinning the Space Monkey after a Blue Thunder Frog bomb. Dave Prezak's words, not mine. At 6 minutes and 53 seconds. The number one contendership to the Wrestlepalooza title is defend, is determined, excuse me, as Heidi Loveless, the punk rock ragdoll, again, if you like punk rock, this is the show for you, defeats Princess Kimberly at 10 minutes and 51 seconds with a Hurricane Rana driver. A.K.A. It's it's a head scissors driver, basically. A.K.A. Um, she has a name for it. If she does, I don't know what it is. Dave Prezak even said it. The Heidi Cad Rana. Oh, well, there you go. At least somebody was paying attention. All right, moving on. Obviously. Said Wrestlepalooza Championship is then defended as Arya Davari, excuse me, Sheik Arya Davari, you're welcome, pins M-Dog 20 Matt Cross to retain after a second magic carpet ride at 11 minutes and 41 seconds. I got nothing. And your main event sees the Wrestlepalooza tag titles defended successfully as Darren Corbin and Ryan Cruz, the North Star Express, defeat the team of Fire Ant and Silver Ant, the artist formerly known as Green Ant, in 22 minutes and 14 seconds. Ryan Cruz pins Silver Ant with cruise control. Okay, so what happens is it's like it's like an Alabama slam to your teammate, but they're facing the other way, so you basically throw them into a splash. If that makes sense. See, I, I was go I was actually more going along the lines of an assisted kind of start into a crossbody. Yeah, but it, it's it's more of a splash because they're already down on the we'll talk about it when we get to the match. By the way, what was the time you said? Twenty two fourteen. Okay. By far the longest match on the show. 
definitely. So only six matches, but there's a couple other things that will probably need to be mentioned here. But indeed, I'm kind of surprised that there's one other thing you didn't mention about the Wrestlepalooza Championship. I guess we'll have to get to that when, well, when we get to um, that match. I intentionally did not say his name. About, What's wrong with Son of about, Habit? About, 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 about. All righty. Only six minutes to get through, so you know what? We've done enough stalling. Hey, yo, I think it's time mm-hmm. we start this show. This is WrestlePalooza 8. Poet who didn't know it. Nah, our first match is a four quarters match. It is Deputy Rob Justice versus. You know what? The, what? Between calling the 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 PWG show that we just did with uh, mm-hmm. Dan Barry and oh crap, what is his name? I'm drawing a blank. Bill Carr. Thank you. No need to yell. I have headphones in, you jackass. Mm -hmm. Uh, Forgetting his name. Too many police officer-related gimmicks here, because Prezak even mentions Cabana's gimmick in uh, JCW of Officer Colt Cabana. I know, but... I, I wasn't expecting this one. Anyway, real quick. It's Deputy Rob Justice... Versus, I believe it was the King Throwdown Venom versus Husky Heartthrob mm-hmm. Cody Rice versus Boom Boom Colt Cabana. My God, there's gotta be. Are there any more names that we forgot about? Uh, your referee is the Bryce is right, Bryce Remsburg. Oh, jeez. Bryce mean, is yes, a cool dude. Hey, he gets, he, Bryce is a cool dude. He gets points. True. Although we'll have to talk about uh, something else he did later on in the night. By the way, we yeah. should mention, we should mention just just getting right off the bat because you've mentioned his name a couple times. Your commentary team for this show all time is Dave Prezak, and part time switching between is Chicago comedian Marty DeRosa, also a huge wrestling fan, and the aforementioned. Bryce is often right. Bryce Remsburg. Um, can I point out something too that I, I, we we kind of gave him crap on the last review we did here. Marty DeRosa was actually tolerable on this show. I found him so much better. Yeah, he was actually tolerable on this show. I think a lot of it had to do is he had a genuine interest in the product here, as whereas compared to Rise, where he um, how do I put this nicely? Didn't. I mean, there's really only one way to put that. Anyway, getting into this match. This one is uh, Marty and Dave. A kind of already not-so-sober Dave Prezak. You know what? I didn't think he did that bad. Uh, In terms of the match itself, because one of these days we have to get to it. Wow. I meant it when I said this crowd was hot for two different reasons, because good God, this crowd reacted to everything. 
Yeah, we were kind of talking about this by text because we both watched the show today due to busy schedules and the fact that we wanted to get it knocked out before the football game started. Um, this is the kind of crowd that you like to perform in front of, drunk. So they'll yeah. respond. So they'll respond to pretty much everything you do. But at the same time, you also have to make sure that your stuff looks good. Otherwise, that very drunk crowd will turn into a drunk full sale crowd. You know what I mean. Those full cell smarts can just shut the up anyway. Be that as it may, though. They definitely seem like they were having fun in this four-way. I enjoyed it. The finish was extremely creative, too. Like, for me, the whole match, you know, I I only knew of two out of the four in this match. That uh, Cody Rice and obviously Cole Cabana. But I thought all four actually did very, very well in the match, and they all looked really good. Obviously, Cole Cabana garnering probably the biggest reaction. I Cody can tell Rice you right second. I can tell you right now that actually Rob Justice had a very vocal heat reaction when he came out to the ring, and he's been kind of a Minnesota mainstay. The aforementioned uh, Sweet Sixteen show that I mentioned when we were doing the results, he actually appears on that in the tournament. So there you go. So, but yeah, I, I thought this was a great, great match to open it with. It was very fast. It did not feel too long or too short. The crowd was into it, and it just kind of set the pace for the entire night. So I thought that it was actually a great match to open the show with. Yeah, definitely a wise decision to go with a match that mixed was equal parts action and comedy, too, because I think that when you get a group of fans such as this together, I'm, I'm assuming not a, not a lot of them are regular wrestling viewers, I would imagine, just due to the fact that this is, it's, let's be honest, it's a wrestling show at a bar. So I don't know how many regular actual wrestling watchers you have at this particular event, but giving them something that they can sink their teeth into early was definitely a wise decision. I will 100% agree with that. You do realize most of the Chicago and wrestling shows are at bars, right? Some of them are at the world famous Madison Eagles Club in Berwyn, Illinois. Not many, only about four. Okay, the best ones are at the Madison Eagles Club in Berwyn, Illinois. See that as it may, a lot of AAWs at Bourbon Street, very similar to this. I would say Bourbon Street is more of a I would say Bourbon Street is more of a venue than a bar. It's a bar. No, you would have first hand knowledge there, so I, I It's a bar. <laughs> I wouldn't. But all the same, uh the presentation comes off much different for Bourbon Street for Bourbon Street than it does here. Yeah, this seems much more Intimate. A lot more compact. Yeah, a lot more intimate. There is no room at ringside, despite there being barriers. But yeah, there were a, all. Yeah, despite matches featuring several superstars from Shikara, there were a grand total of zero dives on this show. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> because they had about four inches of room between the ring and the guardrail. But give give credit to our next contest where Chucky e. T manages to find a way to use that four inches to his advantage. Never let it be said that a man can't use four inches to his advantage. Or 
before we get to that match, any final thoughts on this one? No, I've said all that needed to be said. That's why I was segueing into the next contest. Well, we still can't because something happens in between. Uh, oh, yeah, Qu- Queenie. Yeah, this one's worth mentioning, and the one that happens after the next match will get a very quick mention. Uh, uh, yeah, we're kidding. The, the one after the one, the thing that happens after the next match will get a very quick fast forward, I think is the word you're looking for. Either way. Uh, yeah, we weren't kidding when we said that this was also part burlesque show, as there were two different burlesque dancers featured. The first one being post-opening match featuring Queenie Vipers. No, I'm not making that up. And the second time being, I thought the uh, <clears throat> the placement of this questionable, but being after the Young Young Lions Cup match, which is third on the show, and immediately before Kimberly and Heidi Lovis. Eh? I have nothing to add to that. I Honestly, you get a girl out there to get the crowd riled up, and then you send out a number one contendership match. I have no issue with it. I mean, I'm curious as to what Heidi and, uh, and Kimberly thought about it, but at the same time, it is what it is. Yeah, it's kind of... Yeah. Um. Anyway, saying. so if after Queenie does her performance, what the hell did I just say? All right, it is the Kentucky gentleman Chuck Taylor and the anarchist <clears throat> company owner, <clears throat> sponsored by PBR, Eric Cannon. Okay, uh, wait, we're, wow. we're really not we're we're really not going to discuss the uh, the performance itself. We're just going to mention that it happened and we're going to move on. Queenie Von okay. Herbs came dressed as, um, <clears throat> as uh, wow, how, how the hell am I blanking on her name all of a sudden? Harley Quinn. Har- um, yeah, um, A, if you're into bigger girls, this is for you. <clears throat> I have no opinion on this particular segment one way or the other, to be honest with you. I just wanted to hear you stumble your way through it. That's all. Asshole. <laughs> but I will <laughs> say, she goes all the way. Holy hell. Uh, uh, kind of. I mean, Down thong, to the and, thong and pasties, yeah. Oh, that's burlesque. So, yeah, she goes all the way. Here's my question. Yeah. Am I the only person that caught the kid in the front row there? <laughs> Awkward. Nope. Awkward. God, I want you to remember this night. No. You know what? Don't remember. Don't remember. Delete. 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 <laughs> and where are we going to tell mom we were? Chuck E. Cheese? Damn right. Okay, now we can move on. I just wanted to point out the kid in the front row. I don't know if you caught that or not. Right. So Chuck Taylor versus Eric Cannon. Holy cow, these two men are God in this crowd. Well, I mean, in fairness, Chuck Taylor's pretty much God wherever he goes. He can do no wrong. And Eric Cannon is sponsored by a beer company. Uh, Drunks love beer. I think that is statistically proven. I mean... Science might still be out on it, but I think they can headway. 
Wait, try that again. I said the science might be out of that, but I think they're making headway on it. No, I, I would say it's it's a pretty safe bet. All right. Anyway, moving on. Um, the match itself, uh, very entertaining. And I think this is where you were going to kind of talk about Bryce's Wright's other involvement on the evening. Yeah, this would be one of the matches that Bryce Remsburg would do commentary for. No, Bryce would be in the ring and scoring oh. a three down. Oh, actually, I did mean the commentary. I kind of forgot about that part. Um, yeah. No, no, don't don't adjust don't adjust your headsets or however you're listening to this, <clears throat> whether it be on iTunes or, I mean, Spreaker. We get it. We get it. Harry. Move on. Um. Yeah. So for what about two minutes or so, Bryce Remsburg won the match. Chuck Taylor versus Eric Cannon because wrestling. <laughs> That is about the easy. That is about the easiest way to explain that because wrestling. Total cop out. But I mean, the the next obvious line here would be because WCW. But I don't think that fits here. I mean, in some way, I'm sure we could make it fit, but it doesn't. Look who the guest was. Maybe he okay, actually that's... booked the shows because WCW. You know what? You might be on to something here. I didn't even think about that. I mean, he did he, he he did come out as the DDT Pro Iron whatever heavyweight ladder the belt the title that the ladder held at one point. DDT Pro Iron Man Heavy Metal Weight Champion. I'm glad you were able to remember that because I'll be damned if I caught any of it. I have the t-shirt. Of course you do. The champ is here. Anyway. Um, yes. Let's move on. I mean, aside from Bryce Remsburg interjecting himself somehow <laughs> and, and, and legitimately scoring the pinfall and for a couple of, for, I won't lie, for a few moments, I thought the match was over. I think everybody oh. thought the match was legitimately over. I, I was waiting for the bell. I was sitting there, Brett Harding in Montreal. Someone ring the fucking bell. Because, actually, I thought the bell did ring. I know that the entrance lights and stuff kicked up again to make you think that it was over and that Bryce had won. <laughs> I mean, and then, of course, you know, Chuck Taylor what, had to be his his mean, mean self and force the match to continue. Um, for the most part, I'm actually very happy with this match. These, you know, Chuck Taylor, as you said before, can pretty much do no wrong. The only wrong here was he didn't hit the awful waffle. But other than that, I mean, you know, for being a guy always known for swigging beer in the ring, Cannon can go. He can absolutely more than hold his own in the ring. And between that, these two, I thought, put a very, very good match. Kind of maybe a little iffy on the finish with Bryce essentially shoving Chuck Taylor into the finish. But other than that, no real complaints here at all. I, this this show is not meant to be serious. Maybe aside from one match. But yeah, this you was kind of... 
fun and kind of throw your mind away. Yeah, you kind of have to check your expectations at the door when it comes to a show like this one. Because if you go in, if you go in expecting sixty thousand flippity moves and four thousand dives and a bunch of really cool kickouts and a bunch of really really aggressive matches and stuff, you're not going to get what you expect here. You have to consider that you're working towards an audience of people who do not want to pay attention to extremely long matches. Hence, the only match that even went over 15 minutes is the one that cracked 20 in the main event. Good time to do it. But, uh, yeah, you just kind of have to check your expectations at the door when it comes to a show like this. Yeah, like, this, this granted, like I said, the wrestling's been pretty damn good in the first two matches, but you don't strictly go to the show for the wrestling see the next thing well yeah you're definitely not going to this show simply for the wrestling i mean if you're a wrestling fan and it's an opportunity to see some people that you would really like such as the previously mentioned appearing a little bit later on scott hall such as eric cannon such as chuck taylor such as colt cabana I mean, all the the major names there. And then that's not to mention the female wrestlers that appear on the show as well in uh, Kimberly and Heidi Loveless, both of whom are in NXT nowadays. Exactly. One of them's already been battling for the NXT Women's Championship. And if you're interested in more information about the other one, which would be Kimberly, a.k.a. Abby Leith, make sure you check out the Mae Young Classic reviews that myself, Patrick, and Paul have done here on the W2M Network. Show. I mean, proper show, though. So the next thing after is just going to get a mention, even though it happens twice. And that is, you know what? Can I tell you? Can I tell you what it's going to get? Nothing from you. A next chapter button, which is something I never do when I watch DVDs. Uh, (laughs) Trust me, I know, because you forced me to watch certain matches. But local band, the copyrights, has a performance. They actually have two performances, both of which are in the ballpark of 15 minutes. If you like punk rock music, be my guest. Go ahead, have fun, enjoy the show. Me and for Harry, next. Um, okay, actually, that's not true, because I actually do like some punk rock music. I'm a huge fan of a band called Rise Against. Okay. Um, yeah, this was not good. I don't think live music translates well for a wrestling show, and I, I've always thought that. Because the songs never sound how you expect them to, and this is a band I knew nothing about that was taking up my time when I'm trying to watch a wrestling show as well. So yeah, I had no interest. Next? Yeah, pretty much. I'm all for variety, but not for me. <laughs> Speaking of variety... The Chikara Pro Young Lions Cup is on the line as Super Thunder Frog puts the cup on the line against the Wildcat. And yes, I'm serious. Space Monkey. You know, I don't get the hype. I don't get the hype around Space Monkey. Maybe it's just because I've not seen him. Anyone that doesn't think he's top banana is just wrong. Top banana. Really? We're going to the puns already? It's easy. Quit monk. You should quit monk. You should quit. Quit monkeying around, Patrick. We have a show to do. 
that you're the one that mentioned having a frog in your throat earlier. But it was not a thunder frog. As it may, I was sad when there were not bananas thrown when Space Monkey came out. Sad and disappointed. It's a bar. You really want drunk people throwing stuff? They do at Russell's. They're pretty drunk. Hell, they yeah, did at Wrestle well, Circus versus uh, uh, Revolver after WrestleMania earlier this year. And guess what? That was a bar. And we were drunk. Yeah, yeah well, we've still, been, we've still been threatening to do a Wrestle Circus show, and then it's never come together. So, you know, is what it is. True. In terms of this match itself, um... Underwhelming. Really? Yeah, I, I was not impressed by any of the three. I've seen Thunderfrog have way better performances in Shikara. Wildcat did not impress me, and while I understand the hype about Space Monkey, I think he's better with the family. I think he's better as a family-friendly gimmick than in this atmosphere. Crowds are seen behind him. Or a bunch of drunks cheering for a monkey. It really doesn't surprise me. I'm sorry. This was to me. This was a disappointment. I, I expected more when I saw that the Young Lions Cup was going to be on the on the line. I expected more from this match. I found myself feeling disappointed. This was the first real swing and a miss on the show to me. I mean, other than yeah. the band performing, other than the band performing, because meh. I I thought this was actually a very good match. Maybe not the best the show, but I thought it was a pretty good match yet again. I, I was thinking three for three here. Um, this is, once again, one of those shut your mind off, especially anybody that knows Chikara. You probably need to leave your house shutting your mind off before you can even understand what the hell is going on with the Chikara show. Oh, no. Um, I, compl- I completely understand the logic behind the match. Like, the, the bit with the hammer was clever at the start of the match. Until a little bit into the match, they were actually able to lift the hammer on the double back suplex. That bothered me. Because under the lore of the Estonian Thunderfrog's hammer, slash Super Thunderfrog as he's now known, he's the only one able to lift the hammer. So while the other two had the hammer, they shouldn't have been movable. We all make mistakes. Yeah, well, you know. You know. There, I got the first one. You know, yeah. So, after after the triple threat match is a performance by Sweet Pea, smaller than Queenie Von Curves. Seriously, what the hell? Uh, Um, A better dancer, too, in my opinion. I was... That's actually exactly what I was about to say. I thought the match was... Or, match. I thought this (laughs) performance... Damn it! (laughs) I thought this performance was much better. <laughs> oh, you're never going to live that one down. Yeah, with Sweet Pea versus The Ring. <laughs> <laughs> the Ring goes over in about four minutes flat. I don't know. She. Oh, boy, I'm going to catch flack for this one. I don't know about that because she ended up on top. Hi-yo! Well, well done, sir. Well done. 
<laughs> I'll admit, you actually got me with that. That was well done. <laughs> we, we, we both. We, I got both of us with the fact that I screwed up the performance parts. Anyway, so our next contest, just, our fourth contest. Just remember this: it's not a botch if it's funny, right, Matthew? I am the table. Mm. Anyway. So it is a number one contenders match for the Wrestlepalooza Championship is Kimberly making her debut, what I remember hearing, versus Heidi yeah, Love. Right. Who had who had debuted at the previous Wrestle Circus at First Avenue or not Wrestle Circus, uh the previous Wrestlepalooza at First Avenue against uh I do believe he said Ari- Eric Cannon for the Wrestlepalooza title. Uh, well, if it's the previous Wrestlepalooza, how did Davari win? Uh, there have been a couple of Wrestlepaloozas not held at First Avenue since then. Oh, okay. Fair enough. They talked about the fact that there was one in Des Moines, Iowa the night before, which is where uh, Scott Hall won the DDT Iron Metal whatever title. Iron Man Heavy Metal Weight. It's not that hard. Get soon height. No, because this was plain English. Anyway, in terms of the match itself, really good. Yeah pretty, much yeah, pretty much what you'd come to expect from these two women against each other. Uh, it's the pretty much the same match they've had in every promotion since they started facing each other. But at the same time, to a new audience like such as the audience here at uh, WrestlePalooza for First Wrestling, it's a match that's going to get over very easily because both women are very athletic, very agile, and very strong in-ring performers. Or perhaps also in front of a crowd that has seen this match before and is just too drunk to remember. Okay, that's entirely fair because I'm sure there are probably some people that traveled down for Shimmer or what have you that were in attendance here that were just completely three sheets to the win. Hey, Prozac. <laughs> oh, th- that reminds me. Uh, Prozac's line about Shimmer during the course of this match actually made me legitimately laugh out loud. And B. So, Prazak mentions the fact. Prazak mentions the fact that both of these women worked for Shimmer Women's Athletes. Marty DeRosa, deciding to butter up his broadcast colleague, says, "Yeah, Shimmer. I've heard good things about them. They're pretty good, from what I hear." And then Prazak, as deadpan as possible, goes, "Eh, they're all right." I mean. <laughs> That was the that was the exact same reaction I heard what I had when I heard his line originally. Prazak popped me with that one. (laughs) For those that don't know, somehow Dave Prazak owns Shimmer. I wasn't going to explain the joke if they've listened to our previous reviews of women's wrestling on this so on Wrestling Unwrapped or Wrestling Unwrapped to the Max. They would already know that. Available in the archives. That's two. What do you what are you trying to sew? Wait, what? You mentioned times that we've talked about women's wrestling on this sew. What are you trying to sew? Oh, uh, that would be when we've talked about Shimmer Volume 1. That would be when we talked about Shine Volume 1. That would be when we talked about the Mae Young Classic. That would be when we talked about Rise. All available in the archives. Close enough. 
Oh, there was a uh, an AIW Girls Night Out show in there as well, but um, most of the Shimmer women that you would have heard of aren't on that show. Yeah. Oh, a couple. Anyway, uh, in terms of yeah, it, it, the the problem that sucks is from personal standpoint. Yeah, I've seen this match before. It's always a very very good match, but I've seen quite a bit. Um. Hell, I would see it roughly six months later for Heidi's farewell. Um, it's a great match, and the crowd's into it the entire time, but that's really not that hard. Um, I can't wait to see this match on NXT at some point. Formally, not counting the match that the two of them have had with Timber being kind of enhancement talent. Um... Heidi wins it via the Heidi Conrana, which, as Harry mentioned, is a essentially a short spike hurricanrana. Uh, I believe the official phrase that I used was hurricanrana driver. You have to get the short part in there, too, because Kimber's out well, yeah, it's... and Heidi hits the move. I'm going to let you fry on your own for that one. Um... Yeah, well, it's not like she's Rey Mysterio doming psychosis like it rode wild in 1998, also available in the archives. I regret saying that phrase. There was a reason I just simply said that it was a Hurricane Ronda driver. Mm. Next. So. Okay, so, um, the champ comes out to confront the winner. The champion would be Sheik Arya Davari. You would know him from 205 Live if you're one of the few people still watching that train wreck. Hey! Or listening, or listening to myself and Sean review it on a week-to-week basis. Talk about a train wreck. Well, I mean, I'm not going to argue that. But anyway, so Arya Davari comes out and proceeds to show respect. I mean, I'm using air quotes. It's a podcast. Use your imagination. As soon as him and Heidi shake hands, Arya does exactly what the dastardly heel would do here and lays Heidi out with a lariat. He proceeds to attempt to give Heidi the magic carpet ride, uh, flying splash with carpet assist, because that gimmick's not racist at all. And the save is made by take over. Um, I don't think I don't think Hogan would have made it down the ramp to the ring in this building. I don't think Hogan could have been paid enough to even get to the building. Anyway, no, the save is made by Scott Hall. As the uh, special guest of this show, I guess we'll say. And as mentioned, Scott Hall, despite being retired, walked into this match as the DDT Pro Iron Man Heavy Metalweight Champion, having won it the night before. Bless you. I don't even want to know what you're doing right now. Um, oh, I'm grabbing I'm grabbing a can of root beer. I'm getting thirsty while we're doing the show, so I'm grabbing a can of root beer. You're about to hear me pop a top in about 30 seconds, too. Is it Miller? Never mind. <laughs> it's Bark's time. God. 
Scott Hall then proceeds to announce uh, that Davari's opponent, shut up, for this match, for the wrestling championship, will be against Freddy Loveless. No, obviously not. It's actually against M-Dog 20, or M-Dog, Matt Cross, Son of Havoc, whatever the hell you want to call him. Matt Cross. Um... I have to save my thoughts on this match until a little bit later. Really? Yeah. I figured it would have been a different match you'd be saving your comments for. No, I have to save my thoughts for this match for a little bit later, so why don't you go ahead and go here? All right. Um... Excuse me. Damn, sorry. Um, I mean, the Sheik, not really, Aria Devari, uh, essentially kind of does what you would expect and, you know, wins and retains the championship by being that kind of dastardly heel, taking advantage of a situation, which would be, obviously, the referee being knocked down because... Apparently, a stiff breeze came through first wrestling, or rather, uh, geez, now I'm messing up. Uh, first Avenue. First Avenue. Shut up. Just trying to help. Thank you. <laughs> Shut up. Um, and yeah, I'm sorry. The magic carpet ride? It's how are they getting a dive? How? Hang on. It's literally a dive. With a magic carpet, a la, you know, Aladdin. How? At the very least, can we get a hot Arabic girl to play Jasmine if he's going to pull this off? You're not helping. I'm not trying to. I'm irked. Irked, I tells you, irked. Like I said, though, at least Arya Davari had normal theme music, unlike his brother. We're not discussing that on here. If they want more information on that, they can find us on our Facebook page, which is... Facebook.com slash Wrestling Unwrapped. They can also find us on Twitter at... WU Off The Shelf. He's at Pat Ketza. I'm at H-E-B the Eagle. Carry on. I'm trying to save from crashing on me. You can hear me, right? I'm sorry? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you just fine. Very good. I thought my head crashed. Anyway. After... Sheik Arya Davari retains his championship. We get another another performance by the copyrights. Next, yeah, somebody is, might want to tell somebody might want to tell them their patent has expired. Uh, four out of ten on that one. You're the one who started it with the monkey jokes, sir. And did you really just Bret Hart me? Yes. Main event? 
Main events. In the main right, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go first here because I'm more familiar than you are with all four. Of the, okay, with at least two of these four gentlemen. Can I at least announce what main events is? Mm, I suppose. The Colony versus the Wrestlepalooza Tag Team Champions, the North Star Express, the Colony being represented by Silver Ant and the Hot Commodity Fire Ant, and the North Star Express, of course, being Ryan Cruz and Derek Corbin. Carry on. All right. Are you ready for me to continue now? I guess. Okay. Um... Uh, you see, I kind of want to start the big finish here. Do you I mean, have... I, 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 I think I know where this is going. At least I hope I know where this is going. Uh, probably where exactly where you go. Probably. Huh? I'm pretty sure I know where this is going then, because I hope so. Otherwise, we're going to have one hell of a big finish. Uh, this was, in my opinion, the best match on the show. Okay, thank God. <clears throat> yeah, this is your this is your match of the night, and with good reason. Like I said, it's the only yeah, match are- back fifteen minutes. It goes over twenty. I mean, the entire chapter itself almost thirty. Um, and yeah, these four put on one. Not to mention, you got to think about this here. Cruz and Corbin have been teaming together for the better part of a decade plus. Fire Ant and Silver Ant, the aforementioned Green Ant, as I mentioned earlier, have been teaming together for about five years. Back when Green Ant made his debut in Chikara as the new third member of the colony when Worker Ant retired. So you got to think that these guys have been a te- both of these guys have been a team together, and Prezak and um, DeRosa were questioning as to whether or not this match had ever happened before. I actually believe the answer to that question is yes in Shakara. I'm not a hundred percent certain because most Darren Corbin matches in Shakara involved him being teamed with Eric Cannon, so I don't for certain. Not to mention, hasn't uh, Ryan Cruz been more or less off and on retired for the last couple of years? Yeah, like, I don't pretty think much. He, I don't think he makes that many appearances anymore. I think he just shows up every now and then to work these kind of shows right here, such as the first wrestling shows, because Eric Cannon is uh, Ryan Cruz's trainer. Right. I did so that, that. Uh, he trained Corbin and Cruz, actually, up in uh, Minnesota. Uh, Corbin's are from Minnesota originally, just recently moved back to Minnesota, as a matter of fact. Very well. But no, um, a couple of sketchy moments here and there. There was a sequence over in the corner where I thought about three people and possibly all four were going to go off of the top rope over the barricade and into the crowd. Because it looked awfully sloppy up there. But other than that, everything else was on point. Everything else was well done. Everything else was solidly impacted. It was exactly how you do a babyface, babyface match in this kind of setting. The only disadvantage was the lack of room to fly. Because, in my opinion, Fire Ant has one of the prettiest dives in professional wrestling with his Tope Conhilo. Uh, I beg to differ on one point. Everything else being good... One of the things was good, barely. I still want to know how 
the reversal reversal into the I don't remember what the hell it's called. I want to say it's the gin and tonic. Uh, gin and the to- uh, gin and tonic is the no. The, oh, wait, the gin- sunset flip power bomb. Code red. Thank you. I point on that. I think it's, it's also is no- called something it's, it's similar. A- it's also known as the gin and tonic in uh, Shikara because of Granakuma. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, gin um, and tonic. Gin and tonic would have been correct then. Ha! I knew what I was talking about. Um, so it's helped. a essentially a reversal reversal into a gin and tonic of fire ant hitting Ryan Cruz with it. But at one point, Ryan Cruz looked like he was inches away from dropping fire ant, and I think fire ant at one point slipped off slightly. So how in the ever loving hell? They managed to save that and not get at least one of them hurt. Holy cow, bravo, because that's crazy. Um, I'm going to steal a line from our executive producer on the evening. And I hope Paul is listening as he hears this. Because firing is a goddamn professional. <laughs> you are exactly I right. Know firing is. is a goddamn professional. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> Our guest producer for the evening, everybody, wrestling to the max is Paul Leeser. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you would appreciate that call back to our show on Tuesday. Yeah, if you guys haven't listened to our 205 live review, uh, I called Brian Kendrick a a goddamn professional for selling a move as he did. (laughs) And I broke Harry. The show is only like 17 minutes long. At least a good two or three of those minutes are me laughing hysterically because I can't stop myself. (laughs) Thank you, Paul. I'm here for you, buddy. (laughs) Hey. And you, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) You get Sean. It's only fair I get Paul. Tag war. All right, back to the review here. But yeah, um, no fire. I would argue that I would argue that Fire Ant's probably the second most experienced man in this match behind Darren Corbin, and Fire Ant's able to pull that stuff together there because I think Fire Ant actually started wrestling in like two thousand and four, so he's got the better part of thirteen years experience behind him. I think yeah. Cruz and Corbin starts around that time as well. Yeah, you have four relatively very experienced wrestlers in this, and it absolutely pays off. One could make the argument, maybe. I'm not going to make this argument. Excuse me. (coughs) Excuse me. I won't make this argument of, yeah, I'm dying, of the fact that about the last ten minutes was kind of move- Stall, move, stall. Um, but uh, be as it may, the moves were great. So uh, I, I, I'm, and I'm going to step on your line here a little bit by saying to you that that is Shikara Formula One on One right there, though. Yeah, tactics always break down at the finish. So it was. I, I came to expect it. I had no quarrel about it. Plus, you got to know your audience too. Here, you're working in front of a, drunk, a bunch of drunken people who don't want to see people laying around selling. They want to see action, 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 action. I only said I could understand where the argument would be. I thought it was great, personally. 
Um, and the finish looked absolutely brutal. Um, it were a couple times where Darren Corbin looked like he was like, oh, how the hell are you getting up from that? Um, but be that I, will say- day, I thought these four had one hell of a match. Not to mention, uh, one of my favorite tag team fi- one of my favorite tag team finishers was used for a near fall in this match as well. In Fire Ants uh, Beach Break with the double stomp combo. Uh, was it I- more bang for your buck? Sorry, there- I-, I hope there was a literal growl heard on air there. There was. It wasn't even more bang for your buck. There was no 450. There was barely a splash. It was more of a Finley roll into like a into like a senton. Anyway, moving on. Back to the uh, the the colonies double team finish there. I thought that the uh, I did think that the the uh, easy for me to say. I did think that the beach break double stomp made for an excellent near fall, and I think a lot of the fans in attendance bid on that because I know I certainly did. Uh, there's no doubt. I, th- I think anyone watching it would have been on it. Um, and that one, I think, actually came relatively earlier in the match, only about halfway through, I think. Well, if the thing is, is it, well, not to mention, though, it's one of those moves that once it lands, it's traditionally, it's it's a finish, you know? Because you can hear, you hear Prezak go crazy calling for the beach break, and then they spike it with the double stomp as well. If I could compare it to anything that we've actually covered on the show, I would probably compare it to the uh, the Irish coffee that the um, the Chris brothers do the spike double the spike tombstone with the double stomp. I mean, it's along yeah. that it's along that same kind of line, except it's more of like a kryptonite crunch into the uh, with the double stomp rather than an actual tombstone pile driver. Yeah, I I would agree. It's it's one of them that you don't generally kick out of. So for anyone to get out of it and, and perform, that's saying something. And then, like I said, they'd go on for probably another eight to ten minutes I think, if it's the right time that I'm thinking of. Um, but yeah, I mean, North Star Express, you know, retained titles to see us out of there. And this match was more than worthy of being the main event. Um, and as a matter of fact, why don't we just do this, because we already know where this is going anyway, and we're going to at least two. So, <clears throat> big finish time. Yeah, let's, Harry, seg- what's the- let's yeah. segue right into the big finish here, and I think I know what you're about to ask. Go ahead. What's the best show? <laughs> uh, we just spent the better part of about the last five minutes talking about it. Main event. Without a doubt, I will give special mention to to the number one contenders match. Though I thought Kimber and Heidi had a very very good match, and truth be told, nothing on here was supremely bad. I'll put it that way. No, no, there's nothing below like there's nothing below the average level here. Like if we were to do star ratings for the show, which we'll eventually get to when we do our written review for it, that'll be sometime around March of 2020. But um, when we get to that, you'll find us that we'll probably end up giving at least two to two and a half stars to every single match, and then uh, in excess of two and a half for the better matches. Yeah, and I think uh, the tag team title match would would definitely rank up there. Um, 
more than worthy of the main event. I'm glad this was the main event, but I think they did that on purpose only because... Yeah, would you want to be Matt Cross or Ari and Davari having to follow that? Um, well, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because my worst match on the night is actually Ari and Davari versus Matt Cross. Yeah, that's what I figured it was going to be. They let overbooking get in the way of what could have been a really good match. Arya Davari's proven that when he's had the opportunity, he can go despite the crap gimmick. Matt Cross is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated performers in the American independent scene. This was not good. Not up to the standards that I know both of these men are capable of, I'll say that. And I think a lot of it has to do with the way that the finish went down. It leaves a very bad taste in your mouth on a show like this. I will say I've never been a huge Arya Davari fan. Not to say that he's bad by, by any stretch of the imagination. Very good. Just I've never been a fan of him. Matt Cross, I'm actually not that big of a fan of him either. Um, generally, I actually kind of find him boring. Especially in the matches I've seen of his at AAW. They've just been boring to me. Um, so, you know, the the championship match, while yes, they absolutely drew the crowd into it. And at times got that crowd thinking that Matt Cross was going to win that belt. But bravo to them for getting the crowd into it. What was the crowd into, though? Because I did not think the match was that good. And yeah, for me, out of the six of them... I would almost, out of six matches, I would almost put this seventh. Because I thought everything else delivered and then some in some of the matches. You know, Chuck Taylor and Eric Cannon, the number one contenders match and tag title match. You know, those all deliver bar none. Uh, and then some. While the opener and the Young Lions Cup match definitely deliver as well. I This was, no, just bad Yes, I just said I'd put it seventh out of six matches. Anyway. I'm not touching. You you made your point. I understood it. I was letting you go. Carry on. What is your cash for this show? Um, You remember when we did One Night Stand 2005 available in the archives? Just like everything else? Huh? Just like everything else available in the archives? Well, my point is, do you remember when we did One Night Stand 2005, what I gave my cash there? Trying to remember. It's the same thing for this show. Atmosphere. It's a fun show. It's like we talked about. It's one of those leave your intelligence at the door kind of shows, but it's a fun show, and it flows by incredibly quick. As you mentioned, when I put this DVD in and I saw the two hours and 30-minute run time, I thought to myself, son of a bitch. But, yeah, it flew by. I was done watching the show after I skipped the musical performances. I was done watching the show in just a shade over two hours. And that's having to pause it a couple of times to take care of a couple of minor things. It, this, this show flew by to me. I have no issues. I would gladly rewatch any first wrestling show after covering this one here because my expectations and the delivery for this right here, it felt like a fun, independent wrestling atmosphere to me with a couple of additional attractions thrown in as a bonus. 
again, the music doesn't land for everybody. That's up to you and your own personal taste. It didn't for me. I'm not a fan. But at the same time, it's a good break for the fans in order to be able to get up, walk around. Okay, well, walk around as much as you can when your elbows to a-holes. That's three, by the way, with everybody in attendance. But it's a nice break in the action so that way they're not constantly being bombarded by everything going on, the spectacle inside of the ring. They have a chance to take in the spectacle of the overall environment. Mine kind of spins off for yours. Not specifically the atmosphere from the crowd and everything, but because of the timing and you mentioning that, the pacing of it. Nothing really under-delivered, and anything that could be considered bad was almost immediately followed up by something that was the best match, was the match that should have been best, being the main event, unlike the Rise show that we covered, also in the archives, the most recent episode. Um, So, to me, the pacing of it, I thought, was great. The only time there wasn't a break made sense because one man right into the next and while yeah the 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 band i think essentially acted as an intermission their first performance was 15 minutes and i think their second one was about 15 minutes too the burlesque dancers hey you know what like we mentioned earlier you don't come to this show strictly for wrestling you come for the variety aspect so, um, why would I complain? Um, I'm going to be entirely honest with you just real quick here. As far as that goes, the burlesque, the burlesque dancers go, um, boobs. That's all you need to know. Exactly. So, so yeah, I thought the show was paced fantastically. Um, never really a slow time, except maybe for the, cha- the, the Wrestlepalooza Championship match. But even that is cast aside with the match before... And the match after. So the pacing I thought was great. I almost feel like this one may be similar as well. What is your trash for this? Um, I'm actually going to go with the production. And the reason I'm going to go with the production on this is specifically being that I could barely hear Dave Prezak and Marty DeRosa. I had to turn my TV up significantly higher than I traditionally have to for a DVD in order to be able to hear them. So if you're going to do commentary for a show like this, either have a better microphone that's able to more clearly capture the commentary or don't do it live. Do it in post-production so that way you're not trying to talk over a bunch of rambunctious drunk people. Um, I don't have any major complaints with this. I really don't. We could make the argument, uh, yeah, the choice of the band, blah, 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 but not for us. Not for us. So, only because it's becoming a factor quite a bit lately with independent wrestling, my trash is going to relate to that bunch of drunken yahoos. In the fact that there are way too many people in this place. I get wanting to have, you know, a a great atmosphere and wanting, you know, an, an intimate, per, intimate, excuse me, perform. 
but there were too many people in there. And the reason I bring it up is because you just ran into the issue with the most recent progress show uh, in New York City, where you packed way too many people into building way too small, and especially with the fact that you're adding alcohol in progress's case, but in Wrestlepalooza's case, you're running into the aspect of it's the middle of June. While, yeah, it's in Minnesota, Minnesota can still get hot. So it looked overcrowded to the point I think it actually was. And it did kind of kill a little bit of the flow because you couldn't get any of those dives because to pack all those people in, there was literally like six inches between the ring and the guardrail to the point that the fans could actually reach over the guardrail to pound on the mat. So that's my one gripe here. And I mean, you could make the argument that that's kind of nitpicking what was altogether a pretty damn good show. Yeah, like I don't have an issue per se with the fans being close because I think that can add to the atmosphere in some cases. Look at a uh, West Side Extreme Wrestling show out of Germany. Their fans are pretty much surrounding the ring, but at the same time, they give the wrestlers room to do what they need to do when it comes to doing those dives to the floor. Similar with the uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla promotion out of California. There's a bunch of people in that building, but there's still plenty of room for dives and plenty of room for interaction for stuff on the floor as well. Here in this particular show, you did not have that option at all, and it definitely hurt the abilities of some of these wrestlers, specifically the Shikara guys, to not be able to dive to the floor and do the kind of stuff, the flying that they're known for. At the yeah, same time, at, at the same time, I question rather or not that, that maybe it's an appreciated easy night to, when it comes to working that kind of style as well, though. Probably because they know that, quite frankly, with how how full of libations that crowd is. You're not going to have to do much. Yeah, you're not going to have to do this kind of dives that you would have to do in front of a traditional independent audience that, to get a reaction that you would have to do in front of, as you mentioned, the drunken people in attendance here. So, some might call that a nitpick, but like I said, people passed out at the Progress Show in New York City because the building was overpacked. So, that's kind of why I'm bringing it up. I just hope they don't do that again. Unfortunately, where there is money to be made, there will be promoters to be shady. Except in this case, it wasn't even Progress's own promoters. Well, according to Marty, he was he was uh, scalping tickets outside of the venue, so maybe it was him. Let's blame it on Marty. How, how's that sound? Bad commentary last week. Scalping tickets. This week. What the hell, Derosa? And you claim to make Chicago proud. <laughs> that's Cabana. Cabana does. Oh no, that's that's DeRosa too. You could make the argument Prazak too. <laughs> no, Prazak is the sausage king of Chicago. Let's get that straight and let's move on to our ratings, shall we? Indeed. That's right. I just want retro AAW on you. How's that feel? All right, moving on. Um, seven. A lot of very good matches. Nothing great, though. 
The atmosphere is definitely entertaining, but it's not your traditional wrestling environment. It's a lot of fun if you want to spend a quick two and a half hours watching a show, but unfortunately, ultimately, it's nothing you're going to remember a couple of days later. It's a fun time to be had for two and a half hours watching a wrestling show with a couple of mixed-in performances as well. Your mileage may vary depending on your opinion of the band that performed. Me, not so much, so it doesn't help them any. I give the show a seven. It's kind of weird that we're going from, you know, the show that we most recently covered with Rise to this, which by all means, if you weren't taking into account ratings that we have already given into the past, if you really think about it, Rise probably should have won. With only six matches, plus a band and burlesque, Rise should have blown this away. Instead, it's the complete opposite. Um, I will go with the seven and a half. I would disagree. Uh, none of the matches were great. Chuck Taylor and Eric Cannon had a great match. I thought the main event tag team championship match was great. Uh, I thought Kimberly and Heidi Loveless was very good. You know, the only real negative match here for me is the Palooza Championship match, and even that's not terrible. It's You're just misunder- bad compared to everything else. You're misunderstanding me. I'm not saying that the matches weren't entertaining. It's just that nothing's going to stick with me is my point. These aren't matches I'm going to remember in a couple of days. Like, we've done shows on here before that I've remembered the matches days and weeks after we've done them. There are matches like we've covered before, like, take X7, for example, that there are matches that you can still think about to this day and be like, man, that was a classic. I want to watch that again, actually. There's no match on this particular show that I'm going to feel the need to watch again, is my point. Sorry, continue. Fair point. Um, But be that as it may, yeah, we didn't like the band, but I did like the band of it. It wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a live performance of a wrestler's theme. It was more meant as an intermission, unlike something that killed the crowd, like you know, the live performance that kicked off Takeover Brooklyn 3. So be that as it may, and the the uh burlesque was what it was. It was entertaining. So Oops. if you Get over yourself. <laughs> if, you, if you go into this expecting a serious wrestling show, you not like this at all. If you go into this in the same way you go into a Chikara show or a lot of more lighthearted indie shows, you're going to have a blast. Uh, I, you know I what, was surprised at how good this was. You know what, Patrick, we were talking about this amongst ourselves, and you made a comparison to for this show to another show that a more well-known independent wrestling promotion had done, and I think it's a very apt comparison here, and I think you might want to share that with the listeners. Except I knew one of those strippers. <laughs> Just mention the show Not that you're... Yeah. When... Ring- when Ring of Honor did Night of Hoopla, literally at the exact same place AAW runs now. Why Team Bourbon Street got two random-ass ROH shows, nobody knows to this day. But well, be- that was re- what this was. 
Well, I think those shows were actually promoted by Truth Martini. The first one was. The second one was <laughs> almost literally Mike Bennett's bachelor party. So it was promoted by the kingdom. Matt Taven and what is his name? I'm drawing a blank. T.K. O'Reilly? No! Well, Bennett, obviously, Matt Taven, and who am I drawing a blank on? Adam Cole? Wow. Yes! <laughs> the leader of the kingdom! I associate Cole more with the Bullet Club than I do with the kingdom. I know, but still, it was at, yeah, it was, it was the kingdom holding Mike Bennett's almost legit bachelor party. He and Maria were getting married the next day. But yeah, that maybe on a little bit of a air budget scale is effectively what this show was. Just maybe with a little bit bigger budget. Um, it was one of those, and I mean, being ROH, being ROH, for them to have a show like that was something totally different. It kind of sucks that they didn't do more of those shows because we had a blast. It was like four days before my, I think, 20th birthday. We had a blast. You know, we had a great time there, and you don't go there strictly for a serious wrestling show. As a matter of fact, the one guy who was the serious wrestler was the one booed out of the damn building. Thank you, Silas Young. Well, that's because so. he's the last. That's because he's the last real man. Sure. So yes, I'm going to give this a seven and a half. It was mindless fun, and as you mentioned, the two and a half hours flew by. If you guys are interested, I highly recommend you check out First Wrestling. You can find them on Twitter at First Wrestling. You can search for them online. I don't have an actual website to give you for them, but if you search for First Wrestling, I'm sure it'll come up. You can also find their videos and their DVDs, including the show we just reviewed over on SmartMarkVideo.com. Highly recommend them, guys. Uh, the Sweet Science, the, the Sweet Sixteen tournament that I talked about earlier, I really enjoyed both of those shows, including a very fun Mike Quackenbush versus Claudio Castagnoli match, and then everything I watched on this show left nothing, no, no bad taste in my mouth either. So definitely recommend checking out First Wrestling if you're a fan of independent wrestling. Everybody, indeed. And as far as our next episode, I'm not sure right now. Stay tuned. Yeah. As we, uh, as we continue trying to struggle to catch thanks to technical difficulties that we were having with, uh, a lot of it was the uploading onto Spreaker part and stuff just wasn't showing up. So I think Sean had to upload Road Wild like three times. And may have had to do SummerSlam twice. So, while we're trying to get everything caught up in terms of getting everything out towards even our own Facebooks and Twitters and everything. So, we're going to catch that up. We will have a show next week. Our final show before one of the damn pay-per-views. Oh yeah, the only September pay-per-view. So, no mercy. I like that theme song. That theme song is actually on my Spotify playlist. 
I, I actually I don't hate it. And uh, as far as the live band performance you were talking about from Takeover Brooklyn, I didn't care for their live performance, but I actually do like the song "Bleeding" in the blur by Code Orange. I do as well, and I hated them kicking off the show, but they more than made up for it when they played Alistair Black to the ring. Uh, Code Code Orange featuring Incendiary with um. What is his song called? I don't remember off my head. I, I I've I've seen the title before. If you search it on YouTube, uh, Alistair Black NXT theme song, it's well worth the listen. It's Code Orange featuring Incendiary. And speaking of Incendiary, this episode is now going down in flames. So why don't we wrap it up? Yeah, um, if you're interested in more information about stuff here at the W2M Network, by all means, feel free to check out W2Mnet.com. Myself and Patrick do wrestling on Rap Tier, obviously. Myself and Sean, when hurricanes aren't kicking his ass, do the SmackDown and 205 Live reviews. Odds are Paul or Gary may end up tagged in for SmackDown and 205 Live this week. I'm going to say that's a pretty safe bet. Nothing but my best nothing but my best wishes to all of our listeners in Florida and Louisiana and Texas affected by these storms. By all means, guys, stay safe, stay happy, stay sound. Make sure you get through these okay. Um, in addition, you can check out all kinds of other stuff on W2Mnet as well, even though it seems kind of pointless to show this after the message I just relayed as far as the hurricane victims goes. But, um, yeah, wrestling, football, entertainment, uh, Soccer, pretty much anything you can think of from those various industries you can find over on the W2Mnet.com website. And the song is Root of All Evil. Thank you. So, Code, or- Code Orange featuring Incendiary. Actually, the official song was CFOS featuring Incendiary. CFOs? CFOS, CFOs, who cares? Anyway... Thank you once again to our listeners for joining us as we review this show. So, until next time, for Harry Broadhurst, and for tonight, Paul Leeser, I'm Patrick Ketza. Thank you so very, very much for joining us as Wu reviews Wrestlepalooza Eat here on the W2M Network. We'll see you Thanks next time. Again. Thanks again to 411 Mania and Last Word on Pro Wrestling for having us as well. Sorry. It's okay. Good night, everybody. Good night. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.